Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our LinkedIn side space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back. I mean, we're finally back. This is uh, live, and we're uh, returning from our COVID adventure. Nancy Stewart and myself uh, were out for the past couple weeks. And we're back. That's the good news. The bad news is Rick Kearney, a key member of the show, is um, going to have to operate remotely today. Rick Kearney, our uh, certified diagnostic master technician that can answer just about anything on the electronics or computerization or whatever you want to call it. Uh, used to be mechanics of your automobile vehicle. He'll be available by phone. And uh, you folks that have got Rick Kearney, uh, technical questions about cars. Uh, of course, uh, we'll try to answer him in the studio and ask here, Stu or I, but if it's a complicated one, we're going to have to go to the master. And uh, Rick is standing by. Uh, we'll uh, get your question, and then we'll actually bring Rick up uh, on the air. He'll call in. We won't be able to have you and Rick on the phone at the same time. Of course, if it's a text message, that's not going to be a problem, or a, a Facebook, or for that matter, a YouTube, which reminds me, uh, there are multiple ways that you can reach Earl on Cars, and your questions are the lifeblood of this whole show. We we try to tell you what you need to know, not what we think you should know, and the way we know what you want to know is the calls and the Facebook posts and the YouTubes and the uh, uh, just regular text. The call-in number is 877-960-9960. Now, you're going to be hearing that a lot uh, this morning. Uh, because, as I say, your calls are really what make the show. And don't be timid. If you uh, have a minute, uh, just give us a call at area code 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. And a lot of people don't like to call, be live on radio. It's a little nerve-wracking. took me a while, and Nancy and Stu and the rest of us to get used to it, but... Uh, until you're a veteran, until you've done it week after week after week and year after year, eh, it's a little bit nerve-wracking. So if you prefer not to be live on the air, we have a text number. That text number is 772-497-6530. Now, Stu monitors that, and we will build a backlog, and we will try to reach every text by the end of the show. So you can text us at 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero, and of course we have uh, our favorite, my favorite. I love this one. It's uh, anonymous. You can use this venue to reach us, and we don't know who you are, where you are, anything about you. So you can be totally frank up and maintain your anonymity. It's uh, URL. It's a web address. And that address is youranonymousfeedback.com. 
Fairly easy to remember. Your anonymous feedback. All together. Y-O-U-R, A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback.com. Your anonymous feedback.com. Stu monitors that. In fact, he's monitoring everything this morning. Rick normally monitors YouTube. And um, that's, a, that's a very popular way. Uh, normally, we say if you want to reach directly, well, uh, reach Rick directly. Rick, Rick is probably monitoring it at home now. So uh, uh, we will call him if it's something we can't answer technically. And that's just uh, YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. YouTube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. And of course, Facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. Uh, multiple, multiple ways to reach us. Love to hear from you. Uh, Nancy and I uh, have like a little pre-show meeting in the car on the way in. It takes us about 20 minutes to get here. And uh, we were just talking this morning about um, the irony of what we do. Uh, uh, we try to explain to you uh, how to be careful, how not to be ripped off, be taken advantage of when you're buying or leasing a car. And of course, the same thing applies to maintaining or repairing a car. And in the same breath, we realize here we are in this Call it what you will, COVID bubble, uh, uh, worldwide crisis. I mean, the past two and a half years have been unlike any other in human history, not just American history. This is a worldwide issue. So uh, it's affected everything, the stock market, uh, the hospitals, healthcare. care. Uh, there's not a facet of human existence that this hasn't affected. And, of course, the auto industry, and that's what we're all about here, manufacturing cars, buying cars, selling cars, we, we get into all of it. It's, have a, it's had a uniquely uh, interesting uh, negative uh, effect for the buyer. It, it's, it's become a seller's market. So the irony that Nancy and I were talking about, we're trying to tell you how to buy a car and be careful, and in the same breath we're saying, don't buy a car. It's not a good time to buy a car. And then we have to admit that sometimes you just have to have a car. So that's what the show has become. How to be careful about and getting the best deal, the right car, uh, without being taken advantage of, knowing that you're going to pay a whole lot of money. Money you're going to you're going to pay minimum of sticker price plus something MSRP. Nobody out there is selling cars for below MSRP, and you're just trying to find the car you want at a reasonable price if you can call over sticker reasonable. But that's what we're doing. And uh, if you have to buy a car, then uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you about that and give you some tips. Used cars actually are coming down a little bit in price. And uh, I've always thought that a used car was a better value than a new car. Um, if you look at return on your investment or you know, what you buy for the money, used car, late model used car certified, uh, checked out by your mechanic with a good fa Carfax report, uh, is a better value. And... Uh, we recommend that prices are coming down in used cars. Not so much in new cars. The supply is just so short that there are virtually no cars in dealer inventories. Uh, I'm a dealer. I have a Toyota dealership in North Palm Beach, and uh, we don't have any cars in our inventory. Uh, we take orders on all of our cars. Uh, we sell them at MSRP. That's a lot of money for a car, but it's the lowest price in our market. And... Um, we have over a thousand cars in the order bank. It's very interesting to drive into our dealership and see nothing but uh, 
employee parking and customer parking because there's no inventory. It's very convenient. It is, and yeah. comfortable. Easy to find a parking place. So that's where we are. We're in, uh, was it Disneyland? We're in fantasy land yeah. of car buying, car selling. The good news for the car dealers out there is they're getting wealthy. They're making record profits. Manufacturers are making record, record profits. That's because you're paying recordly high prices, and that's just a fact of life. So, as I said, please call 877-960-9960 for the regular telephone. Texas at 772-497-6530. And, of course, youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, I'm going to introduce Nancy Stewart. Uh, and uh, we've been quarantined together for two weeks. She's probably getting tired of seeing me every day, and I was getting tired of seeing her every day. We're, it's nice to get out. So we, we finally... We tested negative for COVID a couple days ago. We're back in the uh, studio. We're COVID-free. Uh, our voices are a little raspy, but we'll do the best we can. Nancy is our female advocate, and uh, she is the uh, carries the banner for the ladies of the audience. She has a very special offer for you ladies. If you haven't called the show be- uh, before, listen to what she has to say. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Here I am live in the studio. Uh, to what you said, uh, that's uh, 15 days quarantined. <laughs> long time. <laughs> Maybe it was 16. Anyway, it was too long. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, I, uh, I have to tell you, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our uh, reruns and uh, all the phone calls and all of the concerns that you had for us and uh, how we were doing. So today, we have a great show ahead. We have a great mystery shopping report, and uh, we would appreciate it if you would stay with us the whole two hours. Today, again, we are going to offer the ladies $50 for the first two new lady callers. And, uh, you know, I I heard in my uh, quarantined moments uh, I've had a lot of telephone calls, but I have something to share with you. Have you heard this before, ladies? Women have it better today than they had in the 1950s. Hmm. Backward thinking. Wow. It's the 21st century, ladies. Well, if you're thinking not everyone has gotten the memo, you're absolutely right. Give me a call. Give us a call. Let us know how you feel about that, 877-960-9960. If you don't want to make a comment about my question, simply give us a call and say hi. $50 for the first two new lady callers, 877-960-9960. And you can text us, as Earl said, at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymous feedback.com. And I feel like I'm in the Grand Canyon. Does anybody else feel that way? There's we a, have a double uh, big empty echo. spot over here. Oh, mm. I just thought it was because Rick wasn't here. <laughs> I feel feels empty in there. <laughs> 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 no, audio sounds good to me. I hope this listeners we don't sound. What like do you think, Jonathan? Can that be fixed? No. Maybe it's just my headphones. I don't hear it. No. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'll try to keep up with everybody. It's a it's a double conversation for me. Okay, um, Stu Stewart is. Uh, did we talk about the uh, special offer for the ladies? Oh, we did, but you know, I think we should mention it again. Absolutely. And I'll let you 
do the honors. Yeah, I said a lot. Every time we we talk about this, I I put myself in your shoes, meaning the listeners, and I say. Uh, that's not true. There's no such thing as a free lunch. There's no gimmicks. We're not trying to talk anybody into anything. But if you're a woman, female, and it's the first time you call the show, we're going to send you a check for 50 bucks. You don't even have to uh, come up with any uh, fascinating conversation. We just want you to call the show. Kind of like breaking the ice. So if you're a woman, female listener out there and you haven't called the show before, uh, uh, we'll send you a check for 50 bucks. You can give it to your favorite charity. You can give it to your children. You can give it to your husband. Uh, we want to give you the money just to incentivize you. Because once you call and you find out it's not so difficult, and we will listen, and we will take your suggestions and problems to the public and help, uh, maybe you'll call again. We're trying to build a female audience, and Nancy has done an amazing job. We're just about 50-50 now, so uh, $50 for the first two new female callers to repeat what Nancy just said. Uh, we have Stu Stewart. I'm going to uh, uh, ask, him, <coughs> ask him to take the mic for a second. Uh, he is in charge of our mystery shopping report, which is arguably the uh, most exciting feature of our show. At the end of the show, last half hour, or almost 20 minutes, maybe the last 20 minutes, we cover a secret investigation of a different car dealership somewhere in the United States, usually Florida and usually South Florida. We've been out of state several times. Uh, we have an undercover agent. Our favorite one right now is Agent Lightning, a female uh, uh, undercover agent, and she pretends to buy her lease of cars. So, Stu, uh, talk a little bit about the Mystery Shopping Reports. And Well, first, it's good to be back. I, it feels like I haven't been in the studio in, in a long time. Yeah. I did some traveling before you guys got COVID, yeah. so I think it's been like a month since I've been in here. You're the only person I know who, ha- who hasn't had COVID. That's true. I think... Thank I, I well. I probably just changed nope, you. Nope, my brothers, both my neither neither one of my brothers have, have gotten it yet. Um, <clears throat> Mystery shopping report. I can't believe that we um, that we hadn't been back to our target this week in so long. We're, this week uh, we mystery shopped uh, Napleton Hyundai and North Lake Boulevard. And um, a year ago, more than a year ago, we we focused on Napleton uh, after he got busted by the FTC and had to pay that big $10 million fine. So we went to the, uh, the, the stores of his that were accused of this and they did the same thing. And this was like right, like within a couple of weeks of this big news hitting. So maybe it took some time for the word to trickle down. And so we went back um, one year and five months later and uh, Hey, we'll see how they do. We're not gonna, I'm not going to give it away now, uh, but it was fun to write one up again. Uh, sorry for sending it at 1:30 in the morning last night, but that's when I'm at my at my best. 1:31. 1:31 a.m. We do have some te- texts coming in, um, and I have one from Anne Marie waiting for us. If you want to get to the text, yeah, let's do that. Okay, um, Anne Marie, uh, good morning. And she says, "Good morning. Carvana is in hot water in Florida over title delays." Some customers waited over 100 days for their titles, and one customer waited 253 days for their title. The Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles filed complaints against the dealer. Florida gave Carvana 21 days to respond and could revoke the company's dealer license in the state of Florida. Um, Earl, you've been a dealer in Florida for decades now, so please explain. One, how hard is it for a dealer to do the title work? (laughs) And two, how long does it usually take for a customer to receive their title? Uh, I, I know you get tired of us complimenting you, Anne-Marie, but that, that is a, a fantastic question. Uh, two things. Here's an angle, Anne-Marie, that you might not have un- known about. 
you, there's very few things you don't know about. Carvana is the enemy of the car dealer, uh, the public company. They're, uh, they're like CarMax. They're a giant public corporation. Um, they're new, but they're still trying to grow Carvana. And they're, uh, uh, the car dealers have their little fiefdoms. A car dealership is a protected uh, business that allows it exclusivity in selling new cars. And they also like to be kind of the only used car dealers, too. So when a public company like CarMax comes along and really cuts into their business, they don't like it. And when Carvana came along, they don't like it either. So part of the attack on Carvana by the state is actually the result of lobbying by the car dealers. Uh, to answer your question about getting uh, the titles for cars, it is a problem. And it's a problem for almost all dealers. It's a problem for our dealership. Um, I get a lot of calls from my customers, and they say, I bought a car from out of state, I need my title, I've got to go back home, I've got to get a transfer, whatever the case may be. And it, it can be difficult. There's a lot of, there's a lot of paperwork involved. Uh, there's also the bureaucracy that we all see, government bureaucracy. The Department of Motor Vehicles is not the most efficient uh, government uh, bureaucracy around. And... Uh, there is a 30-day limit on getting a title. Sometimes you can't do it. Remember, you have the customer involved who, ha who has to participate uh, in getting a new title. You have the dealership, accounting department, and title clerk. You have the Department of Motor Vehicles. You also have the lender, the lien holder. Uh, so it's a little bit of a complicated transaction. I think 30 days is unrealistic. Uh, I think it's a good average, and I think if, yeah. in fact, you could probably have a good average of a week or 10 days. Yeah. But to say it's against the law to take more than 30 days is totally unrealistic. And Carvana broke the law, and they, they were attacked and threatened with having their license uh, taken away. Let me tell you something. At the same time Carvana was doing that, there were 50, 50 dealerships that were in worse violation than Carvana. Oh, yeah. So that's inside insight on this Carvana thing. Um, I think that uh, I think it's unfair. I think you need to treat all car dealers, including Carvana, the same way. And I think the 30-day rule on titles, there should be exceptions. They could probably say that uh, you can have 5% uh, exceptions or 10% exceptions. The law needs to be rewritten. It should not be simply go technically if a car dealer takes more than 30 days to get you your title he's violated the law mm -hmm. his license could be friend could be canceled it's at risk yeah hey i think that's a very fair take uh, at looking at this i hadn't thought of it that way yeah. um, I'll, I'll be honest with you my original <clears throat> take was it was a little uh, you know schadenfreude i was thinking like hey you guys wanted to play a car dealer and now you're getting bogged down in and what it what it takes to be a car dealer yeah. enjoy it because <laughs> it is hard because we've gone past 30 days um yeah. uh, lots of times and usually there's a good reason for it there's there's a complication but yeah, the, the news is slanted and you have to we all know this i mean marley we're preaching to the choir we have a very intelligent uh, listening audience Anne marie is one of the most amazing examples and so uh, your sources of information need to be considered. Uh, Nancy was reading the automotive news the other day and pointed out a negative article on Elon Musk. And we know that the dealers hate Elon Musk. The dealers hate Tesla. It's a threat to the franchise system. Uh, he's the number one luxury manufacturer in the world now. So obviously he's a threat to all he, the auto he just got the He just got the right to sell directly. Uh, what state was it? Louisiana. Michigan? Louisiana. Yeah. So there's a, there's a brick in the wall that just fell out. 
So uh, if you read an article about Elon Musk, if you read an article uh, in, in, in a, for particularly the automotive news or a, uh, something that leans toward a particular industry, you have to question the source of the information and, and uh, decide for yourself. Yeah, and uh, to, to what uh, Anne-Marie asked, you know, I think the, the laws need to be, uh, well, rewritten, and there should be more control and uh, it, it's just, we, we've come so far, and you would think uh, that there would be a new way of looking at this industry uh, because we definitely are looking at the past. And that's the reason that we're kept way at the bottom as far as the Gallup poll is concerned. And we'll stay there until things, well, are rewritten, so to speak. Rewritten. Back to you, Stu. Okay, uh, we have some more texts that came in, and um, a few of them are technical Rick questions, but I have the answers from Rick, so we'll get right to it. Um, <clears throat> this is from uh, Bob in Naples. Bob says, back again. He had texted us a couple of weeks ago. Um, on the Corolla XLE, it says it has high-grade LED headlights. How is that different from regular LED headlights on the LE? I hate driving at night, so brighter lights, the better. Thanks. Uh, Rick chimed in. He says the high grade, and this is, and we're only speaking about Corollas here, so I don't know if this is particular to Toyotas or all cars, but high grade um, LED headlights includes an LED parking light strip in the headlight assembly. So that sounds like more light to me. So it sounds like it's brighter than the regular one because it has an additional row of, of LED lights in it. So I hope that answered your questions, Bob. Um, it answered mine. <laughs> all right, the next one. Uh, this was from Anonymous Feedback. And it was, uh, it was regarding uh, Rick's famous, our, our, it's our most viewed video on YouTube. Um, it has um, well over a million views. I think we might be approaching two million. I haven't looked in a while. And it was Rick explaining how to free a lock steering wheel. And that thing just took off. And, I'm, and I've, I've mentioned on the air before, we get, we get comments, uh, thank yous. Like almost every day, people are right making comments thanking Rick for saving their life. <laughs> so here, here we go. But uh, this was uh, a, a question about that. Um, thanks for sharing your video on free a lock steering wheel with a push button start, but I'm a bit confused. I own a push to start Nissan Sentra, and while I was seating and sitting inside my car with the windows and the car not completely turned off listening to music, uh, once I was ready to go inside, I attempted to power off my car and it locked my steering wheel up, but now my car won't start. I'm not sure how to unlock the steering wheel or how to crank my car up. Can you help? So I hope this wasn't too time sensitive, but we're getting to it now. <laughs> uh, Rick says, on the lock steering wheel, grasp the wheel, press the brake pedal and hold. Press start button and hold. Rotate the wheel left and right until the wheel unlocks. So you're gonna push, hold the wheel, you're gonna press and hold the brake pedal and press and hold the start button. How are you gonna do all that with well, two hands? One finger on the start button, one hand on the wheel, and oh, one, one foot on, on the wheel, yeah. and one foot on the brake, uh -huh. and then press start, hold it, rotate the wheel left uh -huh. and right, oh. and the wheel will unlock. Wow. Okay, thanks Rick. Thank and, you Rick, wow. And I hope, because uh, I think they sent that question like a day or two ago, so <laughs> they didn't run out of gas by then. Okay. Um, we got another one here. This is uh, says, hello, Earl, Nancy, Rick, and Stu. Uh, when I turn on my windshield wipers, they take time to work. When they do work, sometimes they stop midway, but then they work. Please help. Thanks. God bless. A friend guessed it could be a fuse or a relay. Um, 
Rick says um, the windshield wipers are generally controlled by the ECU, and that's the electronic control unit, the computer in the car. They're controlled by the ECU built into the motor assembly, and it most likely needs a new wiper motor. Um, if it was a blown fuse, he says, there'd be no operation at all. Um, a bad relay uh, would likely mean no operation at all. So it sounds like it's a bad motor. Great diagnosis, man. You just text him. Yeah. Um, also, he says, if the battery gets too low, the steering wheel will not release. Oh, I'm sorry. This is back on the push button thing. If the battery gets too low, the steering wheel will not release, and it will need a jump start. So yeah. if your battery is run down, that advice will Yeah, back on, on Rick, uh, his recommendations... Uh, for example, on the wiper motor, and you you, you want to always remind me to remind you, always get a written estimate. Uh, you want to bring your vehicle in, describe your problem in normal English. Don't try to be, uh, you know, second guess and use technical terms. Just say this is what happens, and this is what I don't want to happen. Can you fix it? And then have a written estimate done. Uh, if it looks a little high to you, more you than you want to pay, get another estimate. Uh, the Florida law, I don't know about the other states, but some of the other states have similar laws, limit the amount that you can exceed an estimate, a written estimate, has to be written. So 10% in Florida. So at least it protects you a little bit. The one thing you don't want to do is have a verbal diagnosis, a verbal uh, discussion, and then leave the car there and come back with a huge bill because then you have no leg to stand on legally. So always get a written estimate and then get a couple of checks with a couple of other repair shops before you let them go on your car. That's right. Great advice. Um, we have a, a question here on, on YouTube. Uh, Frank, um, I'm monitoring that in Rick's absence. Unless Rick wants to. If you're listening, Rick, go ahead and monitor all you want. Um, but Frank Hall says, I've noticed many more car commercials lately. Is that due to sales being down or the new model year or both? And I, th I thought about that. When I, I, my theory is no, because st there's still no cars. So the, the inventory situation hasn't changed. The demand is still higher than, I mean, than you could drum up with advertising. Yeah. So. Um, my theory is that car dealers just love to advertise and they've been itching and they've been holding back for so long. The reason I know it is because I've been itching and because we've been talking, we, we have an ad agency yeah. and we've been, we have a strategy and uh, I'm not going to give away our strategy on the air. Um, yeah. But um, it, I, I feel like I want to go on the, com I do commercials again because we miss it. And I don't know because we also happen to have some great commercials with, with Earl um, that are on just on like social media and the internet now. But, um, it would be great on TV. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe they just can't, yeah, they yeah, can't help themselves. I mean, car dealers are all business. You have to get them on the door. And the one thing I've noticed on the manufacturer's ads, in the dealer association ads, not so much the dealer ads, is the advertising of MSRP. And the law uh, will not allow the manufacturers to advertise anything except MSRP. So... During the COVID era, this is totally uh, misleading, you know, for General Motors to say that, you know, that their Corvette has an MSRP of this right. or whatever. With a disclaimer at the bottom, those yeah. prices may vary by dealer. Yeah, a dealer was just uh, cited and threatened by General Motors and uh, uh, the public the other day for advertising a new Corvette uh, or selling a new Corvette at $95,000 over MSRP. So. Uh, to see a, a proliferation of MSRP ads by by manufacturers, I think, is deception. Uh, because he, he, there are very, very, very few dealers out there that will sell you a yeah. new car at MSRP. There's, it, there's a lot. And I don't know if it's, I don't think, okay, I'll speak for uh, about Toyota. 
right now, uh, well, actually, last month was the big uh, Toyota sales event, and so every summer they have this thing planned. It's a big advertising push, and it's probably hardwired into their, you know, their fork, whatever. The, they can't not do it, and so right now it's funny because they're advertising great lease deals, special deals, and all that. But they're not great. They're all the incentives have gone away. Yeah. I mean, there might be something here and there, and there are. There's a few little <laughs> things here and there, but it's definitely not a big summer sales event. Yeah. Um, but they, I guess they, they, had, is, yeah. they had their budget. They sent out the the. I've seen the Toyota, the yeah. Southeast Toyota commercials, and the, yeah. and the Toyota commercials. So yeah, well, here's an example. That just came to mind. Honda, and this is in Florida. The Honda Advertising Association, which is representing all the Honda dealers in Florida, they're advertising Hondas at MSRPs and comparing their MSRPs with Volkswagens. We get the lowest MSRPs in town. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, if that's not deception, I don't know what is. Right. Uh, I, I'd love to. I'd love to have a uh, a vote count of how many people have bought a car at MSRP recently. Get and, them in the door. Yeah, it's uh, premeditation. And it's a shame. Yeah. Uh, and I'll go right back to what I said earlier. I'll reiterate the fact that, boy, I'll tell you what, things need to change. This is the 21st century, and uh, we're still doing things uh, from uh, uh, the, uh, I'm going to go to the 19th century. Uh, it's just been, uh, it's horrible. And you can't decipher, you can't decide who's honest and who's honest. Mm -hmm. You know, this past two weeks I was asked this question, and I really couldn't answer it. I was asked where a person, where a consumer could find a dealership who sells at MSRP. Well, besides making all kinds of telephone calls, I didn't know exactly what I could <coughs> tell this person, but it would it would take a whole lot of time, a whole lot of research, and it's definitely worth putting that time into because, as Earl said earlier about the Corvette, I mean, almost everyone knows about the Corvette. I was told personally that a person that I knew paid $40,000 more for a Corvette than he should have. And what do you say to that? So, ladies and gentlemen, things need to change. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 youranonymousfeedback.com take advantage of that and uh, ladies don't forget please give us a call this morning start the show off with let's change things 877-960-9960 you can win yourself $50 for the first two new lady callers we're going to go to the phones where Marty is waiting welcome Marty hi glad you're back on the air uh, I've got a I've got a question that either I guess uh, Stu or Earl can answer all these advertising, forget about the COVID situation, but all of them say, oh, well, you can lease a new Highlander for $379 a month. In the little print, obviously, they have the down payment in there. Yeah. To me, that should be against the law. They should say, if, the, if, if let's just say, for instance, it's $3,600 down, they should say this car is 479 a month. Exactly. They, it, and I don't know if anybody doesn't realize that all these ads, there's a down payment involved in the ad, and nobody that I know of has a lease with nothing down. Um, 
Marty, uh, you're absolutely right, and uh, it happens all the time. The dealers do it, the manufacturers do it, and there is a law against it. The Federal mm -hmm. Trade Commission has a law, and it says that there's nothing that you, if anything that modifies the price that you're advertising has to be displayed in the same emphasis, fine print, uh, audio, volume. Uh, it has to be emphasized the same as the price. So if you're advertising a lease of $379 that has a $10,000 down payment requirement, instead of putting it in the fine print, which is what they do, that $10,000 down payment has to be right up there by side the $379 per month. And that's a federal law. Now, you know, this federal law is broken constantly. The, the worst is they'll, they will advertise zero money down leases. Yeah. But then in the fine print, there'll be money that you have to come out of your pocket. Yeah. Because they, they draw the line because they get technical. There's a down payment. Mm -hmm. which is on a lease, it just reduces the, your cap cost, your selling price. Yeah. And then there's, you know, your first payment, there's tag fees, mm -hmm. and but you still might have thousands of dollars in fees, and that's not no money down. Yeah. And Marty, I can answer this question that you asked also. Tap dancing, is a lot of it going on, and it's unfortunate, and it's unnecessary. It's time for things to change. It's time for things to change with the manufacturer, with the car dealers, with everyone. Why do you have to fear walking into a dealership because you saw a commercial, you saw an ad, and you said, wow, can this be true? It's their way of generating traffic into their dealership to take advantage of you. And it's not necessary. The car dealers today are making more money than they ever did, ever did. So your question is valid. And as you can well, hear from my voice, I feel very passionate about it. Well, I'll tell you, one of my neighbors right now has a lease that was coming up in December. And they called the dealership up and they said, well, we can give you another car. It'll take a little while, but we can give you another car at the same price. So they went in there. They talked to the salesman. They talked to everybody. The only problem was they, they said, we'll give you the same deal, but you have to put $17,000 down. <laughs> well, that sort of changed the picture for them, and they ran out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I understand with COVID, everything's screwed up. But uh, just the fact, to me, every down payment should be, like, like Earl said, it should be in big, bold print. That yeah, yeah. When you see 359 or 369, it should say, with $3,600 down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you've got to enforce the laws, Marty. You can't just make them. You can you know, make laws all the time. Yeah, most of the laws, nobody even knows what they are. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the Congress, they make a lot of laws. And there's so many laws that uh, nobody uh, – and the regulators deliberately don't enforce often because of the lobbyists uh, saying, uh, if you want to get reelected as attorney general, uh, you better play ball with us because if you go after our business, our – car dealership or whatever, then we're not going to fund you for your next election. So it's all politics, and uh, uh, that's what, why this show is valuable. I think hopefully we'll be embarrassing some of the regulators. They're the ones to blame. The, the politicians and the regulators are the ones to blame for not enforcing the laws. All right. And uh, Marty, all right. uh, I have one more thing to say. 
Sure. You know what? You, you mentioned COVID. Okay, that's valid. I'll go for that. You know, that's relevant. But please, this has been going on since the Last Supper. Come on, let's change things. This is the I mean, 21st century. I mean, for me personally, I feel with the chip shortage, the dealerships and the manufacturers are using this. They don't need, if you're making so much money, why change? Why, why produce cars like the old times? So to me, I don't know if it'll ever go back. I think it'll go back to some extent, and there's some validity to that. Uh, uh, fortunately for the public, manufacturers and most businesses are, are greedy. That's what drives capitalism, and gre- greed is not a bad thing. It's just human nature. And so um, manufacturers and retailers, they want to they maintain the, market, the biggest market share. In order to maintain the biggest market share, you've got to make a lot of the product, and you have to have a lot of buyers. So I think good old-fashioned competition will come back eventually, and uh, maybe not to the same level we had it before, because you're right. Uh, everybody's making so much money now. There are laws, antitrust laws, against controlling the flow of product and limiting uh, product based on uh, supply and demand to raise the prices. So um, it, it'll get better. I don't think it'll ever go back to the old days. Well, I thought there was a law against stealing. Anyway, I digress. Uh, yeah. Here's a, uh, what I'd like to tell you, Marty. Earl, bought, uh, Earl uh, wrote a column, uh, Money is the Root of All Evil. Earl on Cars, pull it up, take a look at it. It applies to today yesterday and tomorrow so thank you so much for your call we appreciate hearing from you all right have a good day glad you're back on the air thank you god bless we're going to go to victoria who's calling us from wellington good morning victoria Good morning, Earl on Cars. How are you today? We're doing fine. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry it's taken so long for us to get together again. I know uh, we were out for, with the COVID for a couple of weeks, and now we're, we're back on. Just to recap briefly, and correct me if I don't get this exactly accurately, um, um, for the folks that don't know you and, and your issue, uh, you had a problem, uh, was a, a year and a half ago? It's been a while, uh, with uh, Napleton uh, dealership. And that uh, you're uh, you're trying to uh, gather some support uh, for a class action suit, and you'd like to discuss your issue and and give some information out where people who are interested in participating in this class action suit would be able to uh, join on. And once you have enough members of the class, then you can go to court and rectify the problem. Well, first of all, it wasn't Napleton. It's uh, my dealership was 441 Nissan, oh, yeah. which is part of the, it's part of the Terry Taylor Group. Right. And, Ter- uh, Terry Taylor Group. Was, yeah. Right. Uh, what happened is they uh, they advertised a car at a price. I went in to get the car. Uh, we agreed on a price which was not quite the advertised price. And then when I saw the contract, which I didn't see right away, the price had gone from. to $36,000 and it was only signed by electronic signatures that were not mine so I've been I've gone back and forth I've gone to the Florida Department of Motor Vehicle Regulators and they find and cited them and I went to the uh, surety bond people that uh, back insure uh, Nissan Mm -hmm. and I got some of my money back 
and I've also filed a complaint with the Federal Trade Commission and the Florida Trade Commission. And if there's other people out there who've gone in to buy a car and then ended up with a locked in a contract that was way more than they thought they were going to pay, mm-hmm. I hope that they'll call into you, Earl, and give you their information so we can get together and do something. Well, that's great. I um, I applaud you, and you are uh, the car dealer's uh, biggest nightmare. You're an educated consumer who realizes exactly how you were taken advantage of, and you've got staying power, and uh, and we've got you've got us to support you now. So, yeah, let's let's get that information out, and we will give it to our listening audience and try to build uh, enough former customers of 441 Nissan there in West Palm Beach on uh, Congress, right? Uh, actually, they're they're in. Um southern boulevard and 441 but there's plenty of other terry taylor owned vehicle dealerships in florida and elsewhere and i'm presuming that they have trained all of their employees to execute sales actions the same way i don't know that for a fact but i sure want to find out hard thing is it's almost impossible to find out who what a terry taylor store is because i mean when we do a mystery shop i and i'm trying to find out who owns it I mean, I'll, I'm Googling for 20 minutes before I find out the, the owner. Yeah. It's, it's, Victoria, let me, uh, this, this, so you actually did not sign the documents. They were electronically signed. It was not your signature, and you did not agree. So that, that sounds to me like a slam-dunk case. That is uh, about as an egregious uh, violation of the law that I can think of to forge a customer signature. Is this, is this correct? Well, as it turns out, uh, in the after several months, I somehow magically was shown three different contracts. And uh, after I talked to a certain attorney that was referred to me by you, uh, that attorney was able to get me a direct contact with an attorney who I thought was her 441 Nissan, but when I looked her up, she actually works for Terry Taylor. And I said to her, well, there's so many contracts here. Which contract is it that you're talking about? And she emailed me a copy of the contract that she said was the official contract. And nowhere on there is my signature. They're all electronic. Wow. With that, so, you know, I feel that I have collected documents that are uh, would stand up in court. But, I, you know, I don't... I, it can't just be me. There must be other people out there that have gone in to buy cars that end up, like you said earlier, with the Corvette, you know, uh, with a price that was way more than they thought that they had agreed on paying. Sure. Absolutely. Um, uh, what is the contact address? Uh, should they contact this show and then we refer I think those? They should, I think they should contact you, and if you could just give them some place to send in their name and some brief details, then we could contact them together. Well, this is great. Uh, so if you're listening now and you've done business or know someone that's done business with 441 Nissan in West Palm Beach, um, that's the name of the dealership. Terry Taylor's the owner, but his name appears nowhere. He's a undercover, kind of a private owner of more dealerships than any single individual in the United States. Terry Taylor is... Uh, is uh, the, the number one private owner of car dealerships in the United States. So if you've done business with 441 Nissan, West Palm Beach, Florida, uh, look at your paperwork and see if you have any 
thing that you bought on that car price-wise, accessory-wise, or anything else that you did not agree to by your own signature? And do you have your signature on the paperwork that you were given? I know some dealers today are never living uh, to thumb drives, and, and there's no hard, there's no... Uh, paperwork and you don't have anything in your hand you have a thumb drive which you have to put into your computer to see what you signed so uh, if you've done that contact this show and we you have multiple ways to contact probably the most convenient would be our text number is area code 772-497-6530 and in the subject you can say 441 Nissan complaint and that way we'll flag that and text us at 772-497-6530. We'll forward that to Victoria, the caller here. I have her contact information, and we have her telephone number, and I've talked to her on multiple occasions. So uh, if you have a gripe with 441 Nissan in West Palm Beach, text that information to us at Earl and Cars at 772 497 6530 and we will forward that to victoria who will forward it to her attorney you can be part of this class action suit and uh this could be big because as i say terry taylor owns more car dealerships than any other private individual in the united states this could be one huge class action suit well and also uh, uh there's a nissan in green acres that he owns and they're and they're also combined with this Mike mm-hmm. Panaccio, who advertises on television. Mm-hmm. So, if you've done anything with uh, Green Acres Nissan, that definitely would be in the in the same area. Yeah. And also, I would just like to add that there's the, the Consumer Protection Act has been violated. And if you get a chance, you can Google Florida Statute five hundred one nine seven six and Florida Statute five twenty dot o two, and you can see that there are rules that they. They have to conspicuously tell you before you make any agreements what it is in the cash price, what is included in there, mm-hmm. and what pieces of materials or thermoplate or any kind of add-ons, they have to be included in there, and you have to see them in writing. Well, chances say, are you haven't. Uh, Victoria, give us those. I got 509.176. No. Is- is that correct? 501. 501-976-976-501-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-976-
and well, if not, who does? Yeah, that doesn't always work. I, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, the reason I say that, there was another lawsuit, uh, another individual, and uh, is in process right now, and it was Palm Beach Motors, and it was impossible for the attorney to find out that Terry Taylor owned it. I was able to go around to a friend I have uh, who was a partner of Terry Taylor who disclosed the fact that Terry Taylor owned uh, Palm Beach Motors. So. It's uh, it's really interesting how you can hide your identity and own a. Because mm-hmm. the actual, if you look on, um, I usually go to like sunbiz.org when I look up the look for owners, and he's got a company, um, and I think he has multiple companies that actually own the dealerships, like Shell Corporations. Yeah. And so his name's not out. You don't, you don't find his name even if you go into the documents, like the corporate documents. You don't see his signature or anything like that. It's very mysterious. Very mysterious. <laughs> He's very well protected. Yeah. He's very well protected. <laughs> and yeah. you know what, Victoria? Fanning this fire, all it can do is move us forward. By well, us having this conversation just now with all of this information is just putting it out there. There's a lot of people that are listening to our show. Believe it or not, there's a whole lot, and there's a whole lot of consumers that have been taken advantage of by Terry Taylor. And I can, you can bet your bottom dollar uh, that uh, we have the evidence to back that up. But to find out what he owns, to sit and make a phone call, I don't mind doing that, but it's just... Uh, you, you you don't get any information. They protect him. They're not going to tell no, you that he owns the place. He's protecting he himself against liability. Right. We cannot do anything unless buyers call in and tell you, there you go. that they had problems. That will give us the basis for going out and doing investigative work. Yeah. you got to keep fanning the fire. Uh, Victoria, it's a pleasure talking to you. I hope that Thank we you. hear from you again and uh, hope we can move forward on this. You will. Thank you. Uh, we're going to stay with the phones, and we're going to talk to Victoria in Palm Beach Gardens. Another Victoria. Hello. Good morning, Victoria. Good morning. Uh, another Victoria here. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're Victoria uh, number two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I Just a comment on the other Victoria's call with respect to uh, legal action. Uh, I would say that if she is planning on bringing a legal case, being uh, part of a single derivative action might be more to her personal benefit than a class action, because in a class action settlement, the the group of class plaintiffs typically just get pennies uh, each in the final settlement. So she may do better if she has serious damages just bringing the case individually well you're, so you're, that was you're you're absolutely right about that for the individual the, the 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 facts are that the attorneys operate like everybody else in the world i guess uh on money and financial incentive and uh the class action as you pointed out is a large financial incentive for the attorney uh because they are able to co- uh, have the court award them uh attorney's fees based on the size of the case uh, uh, that gives them the incentive to go forward, and uh, you're absolutely right. The individual members of the class receive a relatively small percentage of what they would had they filed the suit themselves. But in uh, in this case, with uh, the plaintiff, uh, the other Victoria, <laughs> is is that uh, she didn't want to front, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees, um, and so the 
the if if the attorney feels that he can build a big enough class, then he knows he's assured to get a word from the court to make it worth his while. So that's why she's going right. the class action route. Right. Okay. Um, anyway, on another point, I'd like to just uh, commend your dealership. My husband and I have bought, purchased multiple cars from your dealership in the past, Thank and you. Um, we're always satisfied. And uh, just kind of an interesting story. Back in 2001, we were in there at the same time that Jeff Bezos' parents were in there. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Um, then uh, the next thing I wanted to just ask, if I just uh, wanted to understand the magnitude of change of the manufacturer's suggested retail price between December of 2019 and now, what is M the MSRP change percentage between December 2019 and now on, let's say, just to pick a car, the Toyota RAV4, for example. Okay. Um, normally, just on any given year, there's a small percentage increase, and it's usually like 1%. 1%. Um, I didn't do the math. We did receive like a mid-year um, um, MSRP increase. Um, this year is the first time that like kind of came out at a strange time. Um, they went up, I think, on average of about six hundred dollars, and so I can't do the, the the math in my head right now. I guess the probably the average MSRP is probably around forty something thousand dollars, and um, if, and they went up just this year, just in a big jump on average about six hundred dollars. Yeah, Victoria, the MSRP it can be misleading in terms of the price of the car. The manufacturers are raising their prices considerably, but they do it in. Uh, sneaky ways. MSRP is pretty public and when you uh, have an MSRP increase and the rare decrease, you don't see those, Never. but if you have an M increase, it's published and everybody knows, oh, uh, you know, the Chevrolet Corvette went up $300, the uh, Toyota RAV4 went up $600, whatever. But what the manufacturers don't publicize are changes in freight, for example. Now, freight is a um, misnomer. It's not really freight, it's just additional profit. Uh, the, 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 you, they have a standardized freight, so uh, they have dealers that are receiving uh, vehicles that are 100 miles from the uh, manufacturing plant that are having the same freight charge as the one that lives 2,000 miles away. So the, the freight is just additional way. So they'll, uh, if you look at the freight charge, and they call it a destination charge sometimes on the car you bought, you'll say, how could it possibly have cost that much for the car to be shipped? Well, it didn't. That's just a way they have a marking up. And the other way they mark up cars is they take away incentives from the dealers. And depending on the economy and the supply and demand situation, uh, manufacturers have secret uh, incentives for the dealers. They call it dealer incentives, and they have customer incentives. So you see the $1,000 rebate advertised for customers. You don't see the $1,000 rebate advertised. They don't advertise it. It's secretly given to the dealers. They also have holdbacks and things like that. So MSRP... Uh, many, many years ago, it was 1958 when it became required by law to put MSRP on every new car. It really meant something then. Today, MSRP is almost meaningless because there's so many other hidden profits, not just to the dealers, but also to the manufacturers. Okay, so getting bogged down and negotiating on MSRP is almost meaningless in that case. Is that right? It, it is. Here, here, here's the main advantage to MSRP. 
If you're looking at a Honda Accord and you want to buy one at the lowest price with a certain amount of equipment, uh, the MSRP at each Honda dealer that you shop, and you should get multiple bids, prices, uh, is, a, is the exact same car. So if you deal back in the day before COVID for a discount from MSRP, you know, if you got a $2,000 discount and that was your lowest, that was your biggest discount from uh, three dealers, then that is really the best price if it's an out-the-door price. Uh, the, the, the problem today is when you shop around, you find out how much over MSRP <laughs> you're going to have to pay. But it's still a basis. So no matter what kind of a new car you're shopping, the MSRP at dealer A will be the same thing at dealer B, C, D, meaning the same thing, the same car. So you're comparing apples and apples. Use that as your point of reference when you're shopping back of the day for discounts today for for markups, how much over MSRP are you going to have to pay? There is one caveat to that okay. as I'm studying the increases, which, by the way, I did overstate the increase. If the average, probably around $400 to $500 average increase. Um, but um, these were mid in the middle of the model year. So, um, so these, for example, the uh, a, a 2022 um, Highlander Hybrid um, had an increase of uh, $450 in MSRP. So you could be looking at a 2022 Highlander Hybrid that delivered in, in April, ah. and then one in May yeah. uh, that came in with a $450 increase in MSRP. Yeah. Of course, then buying cars today, $450. It's not much. Plus, plus or minus. It's nothing <laughs> compared to dealer markups. Yeah. But it was interesting. The reason I, it was notable to me yeah. was that normally we just see our, the routine MSRP increases. This was came out of sync, and it was basically cited inflationary pressures on the supply chain, uh, materials, and the um, especially mm. for copper, steel, and polypropylene. And they had okay. to increase the car prices. That's what they said. Interesting. Um, Victoria, also, I uh, don't know whether you subscribe to the Consumer Report, but uh, in September's edition, uh, the subscription, uh, they uh, talk about the nine cars you'll love driving, and the uh, RAV4 is uh, one of them. And they talk about uh, miles per gallon, and it's pretty decent. It's just about 34. And uh, they get an overall score of 84 and uh, the uh, price on that, between forty thousand, three hundred, and forty-three thousand six hundred and twenty-five. And they have so many other vehicles in this subscription, so you might want to pick that up and take a look at it. Even if you're not ready to buy a car now, it does give you a lot of uh, information uh, down the road. Okay, <clears throat> thank you very much for that. And then, last question: I'm just wondering, with regard to you know we. We uh, keep hearing about the semiconductor shortage. And so if you were to order a car, let's say from Toyota right now, is that the supply input that is causing the bottleneck? And do you have visibility on when all of these supply chain issues are going to open up and how many months? Really, no, no crystal ball. No. And uh, we don't. Uh, th that's only one factor in in timing. The biggest factor today, if you're buying a car, and as I say, you shouldn't buy a new car today, but if you have to, uh, is pick one that is uh, readily available, relatively speaking. <laughs> so, you know, if you pick a unique car, color, trim, uh, uh, hybrid or non-hybrid, uh, talk to your dealer and find out what 
what is coming off the assembly line and what is a popular the, 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 the manufacturers are building the cars that they can build and if there's a microchip issue that prevents them from building a particular description car when you order it it just doesn't get built you want to you want to order a car that your dealer can confirm is being built even if it's not enough of them aren't being built at least if it's coming off the assembly line we have customers at our dealership and they'll order a car and they want this particular color and trim combination and it's such a unique car that the manufacturer hasn't scheduled those even to be built so they might wait a year before the manufacturer toyota in our case ever decides to build it uh, you, if you want a car in the shortest time today to, and you have to buy it you're going to have to compromise probably what you will accept in terms of color trim and equipment and that's that's the main thing that you have to worry about microchips um, are by in and of themselves are not the big problem which ingredient is the biggest problem which um, supply chain. Supply, uh, you mentioned a RAV4. Uh, if you, a, a RAV4 hybrid is in high demand, low supply. A, RAV, a regular RAV4, not so. So uh, if, if each, each manufacturer knows, uh, you can, Toyota dealer can tell you which cars we're getting more of and which cars we just don't get. Right. And there's other factors too. COVID is playing, still playing a big role. Um, it's a little bit earlier this year we had a big slowdown. They cut back the allocations that we were getting um, because of a big outbreak in Southeast Asia, uh, where a lot of parts come from. So when they when people miss work because of COVID, they shut down the line and they can't get the parts. Yeah, and I'll tell you, China has had a huge problem. And uh, when you think that things can't get any worse, uh, they're going to have uh, their employees not only work there but live there so that uh, they can uh, pick it up a notch as, as far as production is concerned. Uh, but, uh, you know, in my own experience, uh, I had a customer that, uh, you know, really loved the Ruby Red. Uh, I believe that that's what it's called, RAV4, the hybrid. And I said to them, you know, uh, this is going to be quite a long time. Uh, w- would you have a backup color that you might like? Uh, maybe black? Uh, or white because you can get a you know a, 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 not a lot sooner but you would get the vehicle sooner and uh, they just didn't want a bunch of a budge on the color and it was very important to them and they figured they had waited this long so they'll continue to wait so there's right. so many stories out there and there's so many uh, things that are affecting uh, inventory and uh, you know things that are backed up at the at the at the docks, and uh, I could go on and on and on, uh, but we don't have right. time. Well, I've used up my question allocation today. Oh. My quota. <laughs> <laughs> How sweet, Victoria! It was great talking to you. Give us a call again. Okay, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. We're going to go to John, who's been holding patiently from West Palm Beach. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good morning. Hey, listen, uh, two weeks ago, before you guys left to go out of town last week, because I tried to call, but uh, you were talking about uh, uh, women in traffic fatalities, <coughs> studies to be done uh, with the uh, crash dummies. Yes. Were you saying, yeah, were you guys implying that women are killed more than men in traffic fatalities? Yes, they are. Yeah, injured, and they die more, uh, uh, and they're uh, more uh, seriously uh, injured. Yeah. 
Now, let me let me correct you on that. I worked for the state for 34 years out here on the interstate, and uh, most of the traffic crashes we handled involving death were mostly men. It's and percentage. Look, it, we, no, we know that uh, more more men are killed in and and because they're definitely okay. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I was going. There was a study uh, by the National Traffic Safety that from 1975 to 2020, men are killed two two to one. Uh, as far as uh, traffic fatalities. And also, I think in 2020, they, their data showed that o- over 70% of the traffic fatalities involved men. Now, that's not to say that, yeah, they need to do something about, you know, the small, most women are a little smaller than men. And if, if they could do something, you know, I, I think they'd have to change the designs of the car. You'd have to have a car for a man and a car for a woman. But, you know, that's not, that's not going to be, be yeah. happening. I hear what you're saying, but there there is a little bit of nuance on it. Like, so they're they're more vulnerable to certain types of energies injuries. Um, up to almost forty percent more vulnerable um, in certain in crashes. I think I think yeah. according uh, to again, let, 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 let me uh, let me cut through the chase here. The um, the the the, the, the statistics are on similar crashes so if you if you have a, a more men driving and men men driving more recklessly uh, or faster or whatever the stats are, I don't have the stats but if you take if you take the same car if you take the same car at the same speed and drive it into a barrier uh, uh, the woman right. will be injured more seriously than the man, and that's just a scientific fact. Now, I don't dispute your statistics. I, right. I'm sure that there are more men that are injured seriously, but I think more men, serious injuries. More serious injuries, yeah. but 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 uh, identical car in an identical crash, the female will suffer more than the male. That's that's uh, already been documented. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, John uh, from the uh, the uh, AAA. Um, and, you know, they came up with some real statistics here, and uh, I, I realize what you're saying is uh, uh, true and important, uh, but there's so many different aspects to look at. Uh, I'm talking about uh, the crash test dummies that better reflect how women's bodies react to the forces of, a, of crashes. Uh, they're smaller. They're probably driving smaller vehicles, lighter vehicles, and uh, the, all of that is taken into consideration. And women, women are 20 to 28 percent likely than men to be killed and 37 to 73 percent more likely to be seriously injured. And the reason for all of that, why hasn't there been tests done on women and children and their sizes so that the test dummies could reflect our size. It's always been uh, the larger dummies, the men who reflect those dummies. Uh, yeah. So unless that changes... Let him talk. Pardon me? Yeah. What I, what, well, we know what the answer to that is. It's money, of course. You know, if they want to spend the money, they can do it. And, and if you have... Uh, like I said, the men are getting killed at a rate of two to one over the women. So obviously they go with the larger death toll, and they're not going, which they should, do something with the children and women because it's terrible to see a child getting killed in a crash. Trust me, I worked out there for 34 years, and you know it's just horrible what happens in a car crash. Yeah. I can't so, even imagine. But, yeah, but, you know, um, I was just curious because I, I caught the tail end of the conversation. And... Uh, off to this, this different subject is why, because you were just talking about it with the last caller, why do we continually go to China for our chips? I mean, this is, 
this is going to be a large enemy of ours, and, and we're, we're we're letting them buy a plan. You know, they're doing our chips. We should be doing our own thing. Nobody's ever addressed the medication. You know, yeah. as we're all getting older. Yeah, there's effort. There's effort to do that. You're absolutely right. Uh, Taiwan actually is the biggest source of chips for the world. Uh, I think we, uh, 36% of our microchips come out of Taiwan. So yeah, there's incentives now uh, being made for more local manufacturing, um, USA manufacturing of microchips, and uh, you'll see the pendulum swing back in our direction. That's definitely a big mistake. Uh, I, I thought, lack yeah, of foresight. I thought our there. governor had had something start in North Florida where they're going to manufacture chips here in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, sure. it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to take some time, but it's definitely going to happen. Oh, yeah. so, anyhow, you guys have a good Labor Day. Nice talking with you. Thank you very much. Thank you. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Remember, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Win yourself $50 for the first two new lady callers. Take advantage of youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to Stu. Yeah, we got some text that came in. Um, Just have somebody chiming in. Um, It's Bob on Victoria in Southern 441 Nissan. He says, ask, why couldn't they look at a criminal forgery charge for faking her her electronic signature? So that's, uh, that's Bob's take. No, I totally agree. I, you know, it's amazing uh, how things are, are not uh, moving forward in uh, obvious violations of the law. Uh, my, you know, I, I talk to politicians a lot, and I talk about the lawmakers. We talk about you. We, there should be a law. Actually, there should just be enforcement. We've got plenty of laws on the books, uh, probably too many. All we need to do is we need to have more intelligent laws and probably fewer laws, but enforce the law. If you're going to have a law on the books, enforce it. Uh, and that's where that's where the smoke is blown and people get away with things. Uh, if you look at television or go online now, for five minutes you'll probably find 20 violations of the law. And how many times, we had a caller earlier, um, I think it was Marty, he said, $379 a month lease. You can't lease the car for $379 a month because there was a big down payment in the fine print. That's a violation of the law. It's right there on television. It's on radio. It's online for all to see. Florida Attorney General sees that. Uh, uh, The Federal Trade Commission sees that. Why don't they prosecute? It's because of politics, because the lobby of the manufacturers, the lobby of the car dealers, uh, in Washington and the, in the state capitals is so strong, the regulators are afraid to act. If Ashley Moody goes after the car dealers in Florida, do you think she's going to get reelected? If the Florida Automobile Dealers Association and the National Automobile Dealers Association and all the thousands of car dealers in Florida decide to support Ashley Moody's opponent for attorney general, she'll be voted right out of office. So she has to treat the car dealers the right way. And that's, I'm not picking on Ashley Moody. That goes with every attorney general in uh, the United States and all the other regulators that are supposed to be enforcing the law. All right. We got some anonymous feedback over here. Okay. Um, I was about to say it's from, I don't know who it's from because <laughs> it's anonymous. <laughs> uh, have you seen the new Lightyear Zero solar powered car? 
Scotty Kilmer uh, has a new YouTube video about it. Looks amazing and much nicer than that 1949 Ford car we had when I was a kid. Um, I hadn't heard of it. I Googled it, um, and it's a pretty cool-looking car. Um, it looks a little strange. It has a solar panel on the hood, the roof, and the, and the back hatch. But I looked looked it up. Uh, it looks like it's. I think it's a European car because all the everything is in kilometers and the pricing is in euros. But here's some quick stats about it. It's got a thousand plus um, um, kilometer driving range, and that's about six hundred and uh, something miles. But not in Alaska. Um, actually, it's, it, they're promoting it for like wilderness driving, being off the grid. It shows pictures, but I don't know. Um, Does it come with olive oil? It might. Um, it's not very fast. It goes zero to 100 kilometers per hour in 10 seconds, and that's about 35 miles an hour. So zero to 35 in 10 seconds. Um, top speed of 160 kilometers, which is about 100 miles um, is the top speed. But uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. You know, pretty cool. So basically, it combines. Um, a battery charging and solar power. So you charge it and the yeah. solar um, supplements it. It's, cool. it's interesting, but it's just not going to be something that's going to be practical for a long time. It's not fast enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's an interesting question uh, about California. So how will California's proposed law banning the sale of gas-powered vehicles by 2035 impact the sale and purchase of classic and vintage cars at the time? I think there's a carve-out for things like that, but on that subject... Not a good look for, for California <laughs> um, banning gas-powered cars and then calling all the electric car owners to stop charging um, because, of the, because of the power uh, shortages. So, Well, you know, California, and, and, Nancy, and Nancy and I have talked about that a lot, uh, something like uh, 11% of all vehicles sold are sold yeah. in California. Now, <clears throat> that might not sound like a huge amount, but remember, there's 50 states, so 11% is a huge disproportionate chunk. Yeah. And there's not a manufacturer, auto manufacturer in the United States, I would say, that wouldn't get hurt severely if he couldn't sell cars in California. Right. So, oh, they're gonna they're gonna push the, uh, yeah, push Cal the California. You might not like them. You might call them the you know, what they call it, the uh, you know all the, the, the if you're conservative you don't like them because they're liberal. If you're you know if you're not a you know Basically, if you're conservative, you don't like California. Yeah, you don't like California. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, they lead the way. I mean, they do what we call outrageous things and everybody gets angry at them and then the manufacturers fall in line you remember with the first california restrictions on emissions everybody yeah. says that's impossible you can't do that well we did it right and now all cars meet california emissions and it's better for the planet i'm not a, a tree hugger but uh it was a good thing in the in the end it seemed like a bad idea at the time and now this sounds like a crazy idea you can't buy anything except an EV in 2035 in California. Well, I have a hor horrible feeling, or maybe a good feeling, that it's going to be pretty much uh, that's SOP. A, that's, that's what's going to happen in 2035. Exactly. Is, isn't there a limit on what time of the day you can charge uh, the, a vehicle out I th there? I think that's what they're asking. I don't know if it's yeah. enforced or not, uh, but that's what they're saying. For the peak times on the grid, yeah. and so if everybody's charging like at 9.30 in the morning when everybody's, you know, that's not, a, that's it, not it's good. It's not conducive. Yeah. It, it definitely it's cheaper, isn't. It's, it's cheaper to charge, and this is, I think, anywhere. I think you, if you charge at lower uh, peak times, the actual kilowatt um, um, per hour charges is less, so it's yeah. smart to do it's, it anyway. It's been in the news quite a bit all week. Yeah. All right, we have another anonymous feedback regarding your mystery shop of Alpaca Ford. I do not understand why the salesman was considered rude when he interrupted Agent Lightning when she mentioned a Toyota model instead of a Ford model. What else do you think he, he should have done? 
No, I mean we weren't there, so um, yeah. I say I think attitude, tone of voice, yeah. uh, you know, uh, facial expressions. I, uh, all she does, all Agent Lighting does, is give her reaction right. as a woman buying a car, and, and uh, I, I technically uh, you should a salesman should uh, sell his manufacturer's product uh, over and above the competition, but you do it in a polite manner and a and not a. Uh, Right. confrontational manner so we're not sure yeah. you so, know i'll say something to that body language is everything i don't know whether anyone has ever taken a class on that but boy i'll tell you what it applies to every I took a class every on that. walk of life i took a class on that it is a very but, good class very important class it was, toy to, it was toy to sales training and it was on body language yeah. and it was it i mean body i'm not what you said is absolutely true the class was was silly so they had to say things like this i wish you can't well you see if you're watching the streaming i'm, I'm doing it they would say Raise your when somebody a customer asks you a question, you say, "No problem." That's the easiest part of my job, and it, and we all had to do it in, in together, and it was embarrassing and cringy. But anyway, yeah, it is yeah, important. That, that, that's a little bit of, of yeah. an exaggeration, but very true. Yeah. But body language and tone. Yeah. You know, I mean, I could go into it, but we would be. I would yeah. be. I, I think uh, Jonathan would cut me off <laughs> if I were to use uh, the uh, two words that uh, it can be. Well taken two different ways <laughs> and on the mystery shopping report um like like earl was saying i was she, she writes down her impressions and so she'll she'll mention whether she was irritated or if she can so i'm just trying to convey her, her experience to the listeners as best i can so but obviously like earl says it's it's impressions and, and, and agent lightning has really been uh uh, intrigued and very delighted with some oh, yeah. treatment oh, yeah. she she's, compliments. she's not she's not yeah she's not no. other machine you know she's not like a um, scorched earth she's out there and she's she, she tells it like it yeah, is she really rolls with it all you yeah. know and for her to make a comment about rudeness you know it was there mm-hmm. there's another one i sent out emails to uh florida car dealers including earl stewart toyota in reference to buying a new ref for exile msrp es that's earl stewart was the only one to respond thank you earl stewart you're welcome um so that could be me because this is anonymous feedback it could be you. You're, thank you, Earl. That was very nice. All right, I think we answered that one. And uh, hey, I think we're all caught up. Very good. You know, I, I had something that um, I thought was interesting. You hear me rail on about lobbying and and politicals and and uh, how the the manufacturers and the car dealers have such a huge uh, fund of uh, resources, financial resources. Uh, to influence uh, the Congress and the Senate and the, and the uh, regulators and so on and so forth. I'm a member of the Florida Automobile Dealers Association. They're a huge lobbying arm, and uh, I get, I'm on the mailing list. Uh, they, they, they might take me off the mailing list when I do things like this, but uh, uh, the Federal Trade Commission, as you know, has been pretty active lately, and they've... Uh, uh, fine Napleton, $10 million. Uh, he's a very large dealer in the country, and especially in Florida. And uh, they've been active in establishing rules and regulations uh, uh, for car dealers. Uh, they don't enforce them very much, but they establish them. And uh, so we're seeing the, uh, as individual car dealers, because we, we, we have a car dealership, uh, we see what the Florida Automobile Dealers Association does. So it's a, li- a little comical. Uh, here's a, I have a letter here that we're supposed to write our congressmen and get our, our customers to write. And uh, 
Nancy, read this this first one here, just the first one at the top. And the funny thing is, the suggestions are different letters suggested from our customers, and they use different type styles and different handwritings and different signatures. So basically, what the Florida Automobile Dealers Association does is have this come from your customer. Now, does it really come from the customer, or do they copy what is written here? So, Yeah, well, this has been going on for a long time. It's a very personable way to send somebody a piece of mail yeah. that you and I throw out. And whether it's ripped, uh, written in script or whether it's a, a uppercase, whatever it is, it makes you think that they are talking to you, and they're not. So uh, here it is, examples of customer letters. Uh, uh, dear Commissioners, Motor Vehicle Dealers Trade Regulation Rule Rulemaking Number P204800 added some products to the sale that made sense to me, including a service contract for issues that may occur after the warranty is over. I'm so glad to have that option because unexpected expenses are difficult to deal with. Okay, um... Dear FTC, Motor Vehicle Dealers Trade Regulation Rule, and they refer to the uh, rulemaking number uh, P, blah, blah, blah. I bought a new car, and the process was easy and transparent. The sales associate gave me lots of options, and she was easy to work with. This is from Anonymous. And it goes on and on and on. All these different letters. And so what happens now, do the politicians and the attorney generals and the rest of the regulators, do they believe these letters? No, nah, they know what's going on. But if, if they support the uh, dealers against the Federal Trade Commission and the media comes in and says, why are you doing this? They say, well, look at all these letters that I got from customers of car dealers. They really like the car dealers. And so this is just propaganda. Those car dealers aren't really taking advantage of customers. Look at all these letters I got here. So that's the game, folks. It's almost childish. Well, it's funny because all those legislatures are all get ripped off by car dealers. Yeah. In themselves. <laughs> and, the, and the car dealers, we do the same thing. They, uh, the, our associations, our lobbyists say, write this letter and send it to this person. They even give it because most of the car dealers don't even know their congressmen. They don't know their senators and they don't know their addresses. So the associations, the lobbying groups, they say, now here's the address. Here's the name. Write this on your stationery and send it to them. And that's the game. I mean, it's crazy. It's just, it's unbelievable that uh, our elected officials... And they're very politically active. I mean, we, we get emails yeah. weekly about legislative action yeah. and what to worry about. And usually it's stuff that, that would help a consumer that they're, that they're wanting us to fight back against. And, and I could almost say that the consumers deserve it. If you want me to be a little cynical here... Uh, the, the consumers of the world, we, we tend not to complain as much. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, you complain all the time. Actually, consumers don't complain. I don't complain that much. Uh, you save it, it all up for this show. No. <laughs> no, I'm saying, I mean, I, 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 put my, I put my, I don't, I'm, you know, I don't buy cars. If I go into a restaurant and I get bad service, uh, the price is too high, the food stinks. You, su you suffer I don't, quietly. I don't ask to speak to the manager. I don't write a letter to the owner. I don't even yell at the waiter. I just either, probably don't eat because I didn't like it, and I probably don't leave a big tip. I still leave a tip because I don't want to be a, a meanie, 
You, you know? want to talk about that? And, and then that I just tip don't ever. Left? And then I just don't ever go back <laughs> to the restaurant again. So people do the same thing with car dealers. You go into a car dealership and they jerk you around. They try to take advantage of you. You don't write the owner. You don't write your congressman. You don't write the attorney general. You find a dealer that'll treat you nicer, and that's why this show is here. We have our recommended list and that sort of thing there. So. The fact is, consumers don't complain. So, if the lobbyists can get the customers to send in phony letters, or the dealers to send in phony letters, that arms the regulators and the, and the politicians to defend their actions for supporting the very people that are taking advantage of them. So, that's our system, folks. Like it or not, that's our system. So, we try to rally you to complain. We had... Uh, Victoria number one called in earlier today, and she's trying to rally people who have had a bad experience with 441 Nissan uh, on uh, Southern Boulevard in West Palm Beach for a class action suit. So that's what we're doing. We're trying to rally you to complain because if the regulators and if the politicians get enough complaints, legitimate, real complaints, They'll change their actions because they have to get reelected. That's what the it's all about. That's they're exactly. Get re-elected. They'll get, what, they're going to get reelected one way or the other. They'll get reelected by the phony letters from the car dealers and the phony letters from the car dealers' customers, or they'll get reelected because you really complained, and you don't. You don't complain enough, and that is why uh, they don't enforce the laws. Do I complain enough? <laughs> to me, you do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that about negotiating? If we had 250 million Nancys, <laughs> there'd be no problem. How about negotiating? Yeah. <laughs> Do we fight about negotiating? Exactly. <clears throat> okay. Uh, let's get back to reality. We're going to talk to John in Palm City. We haven't spoken to him in a while. Hi, John. Good morning to everyone. I'll be very brief. We have the shopping report and important information about people that got ripped off. But I want to make a prediction. And people think I'm crazy, but well, you wait and it's going to happen. Uh, Tesla is going to be sold within now and July 31st of next year. Elon Musk will sell it. Why? He's going to expand into space exploration, form other corporations. And I think that it's something like if you study billionaires in the past, like Wayne Heisinger down here, who formed AutoNation, uh, Waste Management, Blockbuster, um, which he's built up and sold it at its height. I just feel that Musk, you can see he's been selling off many shares gradually in Tesla. I mean, he, we know he doesn't need the money. And my prediction, and I'm making it today, that Elon Musk will sell Tesla and we'll turn out and see what will happen. That's hmm. all I have to say today. Well, you surprised me. I, I, I hadn't uh, even thought about that, but that's an interesting point. I mean, put all his money into getting to Mars first. He, he says he wants to be the uh, uh, first person to uh, go to Mars and come back. He says he has to be sure he comes back. Yeah, he has yeah. his teeth in <laughs> SpaceX. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's where it's going to go. And that's my prediction. It could be wrong, but we'll wait and see. And that's as of today, between now and July 31st next year, I think the company will be sold. And it will always still be a big company, and there's no question about that. Well, I'm going to ask Alexa to remind me on July 31st, 2023, that John uh, made that forecast. And, we'll and see. hey, John, yes. hey, can you help me yes. out? I'm trying to, yes. can you can you talk to Earl about going to the moon with Nancy? He doesn't want to no. join me. 
<laughs> I'm not going there. Sounds like Jackie Gleason when he told Alice <laughs> to, the moon. to the moon, Alice. <laughs> you you go ahead to the moon. I'll be right there. Yeah, I'm not going I'm on a rocket. Give my age away, but that's what it, it was a great show. <laughs> great, it definitely right, guys, was a great I'll show. Let you go on. I want to hear the chopping report. Thanks, John. We're going to go to Frank, who's waiting in Jupiter Farms. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Frank. <laughs> Good morning, you guys. Have you I, listened? I have you watched Jackie Gleason? <laughs> we no, were just talking about going to the moon. <laughs> I know, bring him to the moon. It's, it's, it's very true. Actually, while we're talking about the planet, I'll, I'll just give you a quick little joke, then we'll get to something serious. When I tell people I live in Jupiter, they go, oh, yeah, right. They're thinking like a planet. They go, well, then don't worry. They fly the Saturn, and our dog is named Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> Frank's out in outer space. There you go. That's enough space. We're on a serious note. My son and daughter-in-law bought a Honda Ridgeline from Johnson Honda. It was a certified used, about a slightly used, they said, about a year and a half, two two years ago. Um, Pickup. And this year alone, she's had three breakdowns where she was stuck and won't run. They take it back. Check it into the night. They can't find anything. Um, I guess it was Friday or maybe Thursday. Yeah, no, it was Wednesday. Excuse me. It was Wednesday. It wouldn't start. She waited four hours for a tow truck. She's exasperated. They took it back in the dealer. It went tick, tick, tick. I said, it sounds like a battery. Well, now they say there's going to be a $3,000 repair bill. Mm. And it's just, it's just wow. unbelievable. I was How long ago did she, they buy it? Um, about two years ago. Oh, okay. About two years ago. Wow. There's not a whole so lot of recourse there. At Johnson Honda at one time was a pretty uh, straight-up outfit. Yeah. I don't know if we have a shopping report on them recently. But, uh, uh, not super recently, but they, they, I think they're like on the recommended list. They, they usually do pretty well. But we, we did a sales shop. We did not uh, well, and this would be yeah. a sales-related thing, too. But that's a well, tough well, one, Do you know much about the Honda Ridgeline? Because that's what they got. They got a really beautiful truck. Just, yeah. It's, I mean, it was kind of made fun of when it came out. It's, just, it's a unibody truck, and... Um, you know, real truckers don't get it, but it's actually, I think it does pretty well in Consumer Reports, and it's a, a pre, pretty decent vehicle. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the, what the situation is with, with hers. Um, was it, is, they only brought it to Johnson Honda for service? Have another Honda dealer taken a look at it for second opinion? No, no, that's what we're trying to tell yeah. them to do that. Yeah, yeah just for, for sure get a second opinion on it. And hear it from you, because, you know, I told him, I said, I, I thought I was pretty savvy, but over the years, I mean, Earl and you guys have helped me out in many ways, and I, I take your advice for you also. Yeah, this one's kind of a no-brainer. This is like getting the big diagnosis from a surgeon that says you need heart surgery, you know, a $3,000 repair. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, I guess Ed Moore's Honda would be the closest one if you came. they came down to, to uh, Rivera Beach. But, um, anyway, um, I got your text okay. here too, Frank. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just um, trying to help him out because she's got a job. She yeah. needs a way to drive. Stuff, so, well, tell him Earl Stewart says get a second opinion because you know th- that would be crazy not to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys, and welcome back. It's always good to oh, yeah. hear you. So. Thank you, Frank. You know, talking about second opinions, uh, yeah, it's we're all reluctant to do that. I. Um, I think the, the statistic that really got my attention a long time ago when I first realized it is that you know, medically, you know, uh, how many times, uh, you know, the older you get, the more surgery you get recommended. So when, when surgery is recommended, uh, it's a no-brainer to get a second opinion. But there's something about 
It's, it's like betraying your doctor because you, we have this relationship with our physicians. Them. And so you have to force yourself. But uh, insurance companies really insist on it. They really push you for it for obvious reasons. Why? Because in I think something like two out of three cases, uh, second opinion on surgery um, after the second opinion is, is, is the other way around. In other words... Dr. A says you should have the surgery. Dr. B says no. So when you're talking about going under general anesthesia and having a serious operation, uh, there's a big difference between having it done and not having it done. Uh, It's not quite that serious when you're having a car repaired, but the same thing happens. You you get a a very high price uh, estimate on your car, and you go to two other repair sources. I can almost guarantee you that one of those other two will give you a much lower price. Same thing on the price of a car. So it's unpleasant. It's sometimes salesmanship is a, is a science almost, you know, art and a science. And Stu was talking earlier in the show about when he went through his training as a salesperson. I mean, there's a lot of training going into talking to you when you're trying to buy a product. And uh, by the time you get through with your presentation, you're supposed to have enamored yourself to that customer. Build obligation. And you don't want to you don't want to betray your new friend. You know your new friend Stu here, uh, who spent three hours with you. You want to take good. You want to be nice to him. And if you say Stu, I've got to go over to your competition and see if I can get a better price. It's going to hurt. Like, it's like slapping Stu in the face. It's going to hurt Stu my feelings. Yeah. So doctors, you know, oh my God, I can't, I can't ask, I can't, Doctor, Doctor Brown, I've been seeing him for twenty years. He wants to, he wants to replace my heart. If he wants to amputate my leg, I'm not. <laughs> he wants to amputate my leg. Go I gotta ahead. let him do it. Don't let him do it, folks. Get two more opinions. As painful as it will be, it'll save you a lot of money and maybe your life. <laughs> That's a good one. So many stories. We don't have time. Yeah, isn't. I remember whenever they uh, were going to put the injection, steroid injection, in the wrong leg for you. It, you know, in your sacroiliac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I took a look at it and I put a magic marker on your leg. <laughs> <laughs> this one. They, they do that for real. Uh, for real. Yeah, yeah. They mark you up with a magic marker. Yeah. Okay, Just I think we got a little bit uh, more oh, time. I, I got some text. Yeah. Um, a text, no, no name on it. Um, oh, it's from Liz. Liz says, if you have a car that has ants in it and spiders, what's the best bug fogger for a car? Uh, do you have to clean up really well afterwards, too? I've never had to deal with that before. Okay. Who's Rick? Uh, well, I can answer the question because um, I've, I've dealt with this a lot. So first of all, if you have ants in your car, um, the first thing you want to do is move it away from an ant nest because they usually that's usually what happens. So check, make sure there's no ant nests near your car that you're not parking through an ant-infested area. Then you want to take a vacuum cleaner and vacuum out as many as possible. Just get as many as out. You're not going to get them all, but get the ones that you can see. Then you want to take just a uh, like a, like a, a damp cloth, maybe a, a mild cleaner, and clean up everything in your car. Make sure there's no sugar or crumbs because that's why they're in your car is to get food. And then when that's done, you want to use the it's the Raid Deep Fogger. I think it's called the Raid Concentrated Deep um, Fogger. And you set that off and then just follow the instructions. Um, you don't have to clean up afterwards. It's going to get in every nook and cranny. But you want to open up your car and leave it open for a couple of hours and run the air conditioning to clear out the vents so there's no residual poison in the car. But you don't have to clean it up. And that should be pretty effective. Yeah. And that's as good an answer as Rick can. And if Rick, if you're listening, 
How do you like that? I want to know whose vacuum <laughs> you're going to use. And if you want, and if you want another answer, just go to right. Google. Right. Um, oh, uh, Raid uh, texted me. He couldn't stand it. Uh, he, he he said yes to Raid fumigator, but also there's a there's um, it's the dry smoke type, and he says don't park under trees because I guess ants leap out of the trees mm-hmm. and into your car. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So I, Rick, remember, how did I do? <laughs> remember, remember your dad's idea years ago when we were on the Colorado River trip and there were ants all over the place and we were camping out. And I just took a, a circle. I, yeah, I took right. I, I took the uh, the ant this ant spray and I made a circle around my sleeping bag. Right. And the, it was a death zone. The exactly. Ants couldn't, you know. All right, you had like a, a, a protective shield all around you. There, you, right. there you go. A man of many talents. True. And let's see, do I, I think, uh, this, this is from Frank. I thought it was Frank and Jupiter Farms who just called it. It might not be, but I'll double check. Uh, but he says, welcome back to your live broadcast. A few weeks ago, Victoria called the show for the first time to discuss the lawsuit. Uh, before she was put on the air, Earl stated they had been in touch for the last few months. So technically, it was Virg- Victoria's first time caller last month. So maybe she's entitled to 50 bucks. Oh. All right. We'll think about it, Frank. <laughs> We're not made of money. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, now, now we're caught up. Now okay. We're good. Okay, uh, let me mention Earl's latest column, if I can find it. And uh, it's uh, Buggies and Whips, I think it's called, isn't it? Car Dealers and Buggy Whips. Car Dealers and Buggy Whips. Here, here we go. Um, it is a great column, as usual. Car dealers and buggy whips. It's kind of like a forecast. Kind of it like, is just like, kind of like John from Palm City did before. He predicted that in one year Elon Musk was going to sell Tesla. I'm predicting in 20 years there won't be any more car dealers, and uh, they've uh, pretty much they were digging their own grave for a lot of years because of the way they abused their customers. And now uh, it's too late scientifically and technologically. Uh, they're going to be erased just based on autonomy. We'll have all electric autonomous vehicles and ride sharing. There'll be no need for dealers anymore. So you will, you will not have our dealership or any other dealership. It's just kind of like a buggy whip. I can't imagine, uh, but it will happen. Uh, this uh, is one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite columns. And you can go to Raw and Cars to read all of them. Uh, they're just uh, <laughs> amazing. And this is uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. And it talks about auto sales commission. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's, uh, I think we're all caught up. And it is time for the mystery shopping report. And that mystery shopping report (coughs) is uh, from Napleton of North Palm Hyundai, my favorite people. And... uh, as I ask you every week, it's extremely important that you vote, and you can do so at 772-497-6530. Mystery Shop of Napleton North Palm Hyundai. And another fantastic job by Agent Lightning and Stu Stewart. Okay. Well over a year ago, when news broke of the historic federal action, Federal Trade Commission, uh, against the Ed Napleton Auto Group. Uh, they're all over the country. There's uh, one of the largest autographs ever there in the top ten. Uh, the Federal Trade Commission bought the hammer down on old Ed and hit him in with a $10 million fine. Sounds like a lot of money, but hey, chump change to Ed Napleton when you've had that many dealerships. Uh, $10 million fine for ripping off his customers in general and really ripping off his black customers 
in particular. The feds, along with state authorities, alleged that eight of Napleton's dealerships were sneaking junk fees. That's our new generic term for dealer fees. Um, these are just worthless charges impersonating government fees and are just added profits. Uh, junk fees, unwanted add-ons, uh, and their custom on their customer invoices. Napleton also charged their black customers more for the same unwanted worthless crap. Again, allegedly. Um, they settled, so we they never went to court, they've never been found guilty, but they decided for make whatever it, reason. Make it go away. Yeah, ten million dollars make it go away. What will it take? You could only imagine our excitement when we found out that two of those eight Napleton dealerships were here in town, literally down the street from our studios, Napleton's North Lake Kia and Napleton Chrysler Jeep Dodge. Of course, we set out then to mystery shop both of these locations. To be honest, we didn't know what to expect. Some of us in the studio thought that given the heat Napleton was under, these dealerships would straighten up and fly right. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Others believed that old Ed was incorrigible and had little hope these two dealerships of his could clean up their acts. The fact of the matter is, especially with privately owned large groups, there are, each dealership is pretty much autonomous. Uh, the owner is, you know, he's in his ski lodge or he's in his uh, ranch in Montana or he's in... Uh, Tuscany. Tra- yeah, he's Tuscany. He's, he's traveling. He's, he's on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't know what's going on in the dealership. So... He could, he could be nailed in 10 of his dealerships if he's got 200 of them, the rest of them, uh, who cares? And he doesn't know, and he's got so much money he doesn't care. You know, it's just truly sad that $70 million in illegal fees, illegal fees were charged to customers at eight dealerships. I don't know, could it be eight dealerships? I think maybe it was just right here i mean it it, that like everyone says that's just like pocket change uh but for these poor unsuspecting customers what a shame florida pennsylvania missouri go ahead i'm gonna i'm running i'm gonna be a politician (laughs) history will show that was the latter group that was right both napleton locations even in the immediate aftermath of a multi-million dollar federal fine employed the same predatory tactics they were accused of in the complaint junk fees, unwanted installed accessories, you name it. It was as if no lesson was learned. At the time, we did mystery shop Napleton's Hyundai location on North Lake Boulevard, uh, that's Lake Park, North Palm Beach, because it wasn't named in the Federal Trade Commission complaint. However, based on our experiences, there's little difference between the various Napleton dealerships. We thought now would be a good time to check on Ed Napleton again. It's been almost a year and a half, a uh, year and a half, Plenty of time to implement reforms, hire the right people, and right the ship. We send Agent Lightning to update us on the progress. Here's a report, speaking as if I were Agent Lightning. My mission began at 11 a.m. I was greeted by a very chatty salesman named Jacob. I was a bit overwhelmed with questions before I could get around to telling him why I was there. I was able to tell him I wanted to see a new Hyundai accent. Jacob said they were just, uh, there was just one came in yesterday. He said it was still wrapped in plastic. Uh, Jacob, they actually do wrap cars in plastic, mm-hmm. uh, partially. Uh, stone chips to avoid that kind of thing, scratches. Jacob returned to drilling me with questions about my credit, my job, where my kids go to school, how much do I drive each day, so on, so on. He took a breath to tell me to wait. He needed to see his manager to get the key for the accent. 
He warned me that since it had been it just come in, uh, it hadn't been inspected, I'd not be able to take it for a test drive. When Jacob came back, he proudly told me it was the only new Elantra they had, and it was available. He said I could take it home today once it was inspected. We went to a desk and sat down. That's a trial close. That's the way we car dealers talk about you. Just you keep hitting them. You know, uh, we get this will sure look good in your driveway. Boy, I bet your neighbors would really be impressed with this. You could take this home today. Those are all trial closes. Jacob was able to pull up my record in their system because of an outline online inquiry. I'm sorry, online inquiry. I put in earlier this year. This is the way most cars are being sold today. They start out online, computerized. He asked if the information he had was still correct. I told him it was, but asked him about the text message solicitation I was getting along with him. And I'm sure you, I, we all get this. I mean, I'm overwhelmed with text solicitation, mainly from politicians these days. But it's, it's, uh, he said you can opt out, and you can in most cases. Sometimes they ignore you, but you, you can opt out. Uh, so he took a, uh, allegedly took Agent Lightning off the list. We'll find out. We'll find out, yeah. We went outside of the car, which was really still wrapped in plastic. It was bright red with an MSRP of $18,050. I didn't see an addendum, but like Jacob said, it just come in. It takes a while to put the addendums on. Uh, that's the reason they're dangerous. The manufacturer doesn't put them on. The dealer puts them on. Jacob went over to the car and the factory warranty that uh, led me, and then he led me back inside. I sat down at the desk, and while he went to his manager to run the numbers, uh, he, was, he was back shortly with a very detailed worksheet. They were selling me the accident for 18050 plus, here we go. This is a long list, folks. 1850 plus $29.95, $2,995 market adjustment, plus an $899 drunk fee, a dealer fee, a hidden fee, whatever you want to call it, plus another $129 drunk fee, plus another $149 drunk fee, plus another. <laughs> so Stu has just written this up using the same term which makes it, uh, emphasizes yes. how ludicrous it is. Right. Uh, and But the, the the dealer actually came up with different names for all these. Yeah, each one sounds, each one had a one sounds great. little spin, a little yeah, Electronic spin. filing fee. Yeah. Plus another $270, $50 drink fee, plus Lojack, <laughs> name that one, Lojack for $9.99, plus Nitro Tire Inflation, for two ninety nine, I mean it's really comical. Twenty nine nine, two thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars, eight hundred ninety nine, one twenty nine, one forty nine, one forty nine, another one ninety nine, two seventy, two seventeen and fifty cents, five ninety nine and one ninety nine. You add it all up, it it bounced the real price, the MSRP, up six thousand six hundred eighty five dollars over a sticker. I demanded he remove the extras, so he went back to his manager and he returned with a new worksheet. This time he took off the $9.99 Lojack and the $2.99 Nitrofill. The bottom line was about $1,400 better. You know, I just, I just thought about this uh, Lojack. We, we talked about this a long time ago. You know, Lojack is a perfect drunk for you because you can say it has Lojack on it and you can charge, and Lojack's a legitimate product. Yeah. 
but you can say it has low jack on it, but you can never find out if it has low jack because they won't tell you. Low jack won't tell you. <laughs> so we tried, we chopped it, and we we tried to find out, and we called low jack, and we gave him our VIN number. We said we bought it. We said the dealer that sold it to us. We just want to know, did he really do it on the car? He says you can't confirm or can't. deny. I'm sorry, that's confidential. That's confidential. But I. My here's my VIN number. I'm, here's my name. Here's my birth date. I'm sorry, we can't tell you. You could be a thief. <laughs> Did you offer your children? You could be a car thief. <laughs> anyway, okay, I digress. Ain'tgonnahappen.com. I told Jacob I would need to discuss things with my husband. He wanted to know if I planned to buy right away because he'd been there uh, for months. And uh, this was the first available accent, Hyundai accent he'd seen. He told me the sedans were practically impossible to get, and he's probably telling the yeah. truth. Jacob asked if he could get this manager to come down $1,000 on a market judgment. If I can, would you? Would I take it home today? I said no. <laughs> I still needed my son to drive it as a talk with my husband. I mean, you know, she, agent, you know, she gets, uh, uh, she can't be there all day. I mean, she's got to draw the line somewhere. They started playing the if I could would you right. game. She could be there till midnight. So. so then he goes to, he goes back to the manager. The manager says, "All right, did you what if her?" Yes, I did. But she <laughs> if won't. I could, would you? Yeah. <laughs> Jacob left. Came back with uh, Garnet. Is that Garnet or Garnet? Oh, Garrett. 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 Came back with Garrett. Sounds like Carrot, the sales manager. So, <laughs> Garrett told me it was the first accent he'd seen in months. He explained that their market adjustments are normally eight thousand nine ninety five, but since he wasn't dumb, we'll take his word for it, he wouldn't put that much on an eighteen thousand dollar car. He said he'd do he wouldn't do that to me. <laughs> By the way, we're already getting grades are coming in right now. <laughs> yeah, not good. Not good grades. After he talked for a few more minutes, he said, I'll tell you what I'm gonna I'm gonna reprint this for you with my best price. Okay. And uh Here's an old, I digress with another joke. One of the old things is you take out your business card and you say, I'll tell you what, I'm going to write my best price right. on the back of my card. And then you don't give it to the customer, you put it in your pocket. And then you say, now when you come back, you'll see my best price. <laughs> yeah. If you don't come back, you'll never see it. But it will be my best price. I'm going to keep it in my pocket for, yes. for the next several weeks until I hear from you. Years of this, sir. Come to me. Oh, the, the old school stuff. That was, those were the good old days. Um, Garrett left and came right back with another worksheet. He flipped it over and said, this is the truth. He really did. It said, happy birthday. <laughs> I mean, that is really corny. He's very confident. In this. this one was the same, except he had lowered the amount of the market adjustment to $1,500. I told him this looked much better. She had to say that. Otherwise, I'd never let her get go. I thanked him for his time, explained I needed to discuss this with my husband, uh, Garrett told me he guaranteed the car would be sold today, and I would lose it. And so there we are. So we have uh, uh, this to vote on. I have all the documentation, uh, pictures of the MSRP, and all the paperwork. We document everything on these so that if anyone would like to review a, a shopping report, we have them all in our archives on every dealership we've ever shopped, and you can look all the paperwork so we need to count the votes Sue said they're already coming in yep and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, see. We'll, we'll start with uh, Rick and by God West Virginia <laughs> on YouTube uh, 6,000 in junk fees same old old school I won't do that to you but they earned an F 
So that's from Rick in By God, West Virginia. Rick just texted me. Did he have, does he have a grade? Oh, Rick has a grade. Hmm. He gives him a D for disastrous. <laughs> and uh, Jonathan Wellington, Napleton, say no more. F, the reputation precedes them. He sent that one in yesterday. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he, sent, he sent that in just now. Um, Mark gives him a D minus. Ed's boys and girls haven't learned how to play fair. D minus. Um, oh, this is not a grade, but I'll read it anyway. What if everyone going to Southeast car dealers wore a ball cap that says Earl Stewart? I think the prices might be more in line. Hmm. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is we are infamous among the dealer oh, network. Yeah. And it's, it's, so I'm surprised oftentimes who's heard about us. And uh, you, you could do a lot worse than mention our name because they know you're educated if you listen to the show and they, they come a little bit more close to reality when they know you're informed, so feel free. Okay, um, I don't have a name on this one, but it's, uh, is there a grade lower than F minus minus minus? <laughs> Question mark, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Bob texted us, says F as in fees for Napleton. And Anne Marie texted, a 33% markup, she did the math, a 33% markup on an $18,000 vehicle, F, now let me just ch check one more source. Oh, Martha on Facebook uh, gives them an F minus. Um, uh, I'm going to give them a. I'm going to give them a D. Um, it, there was nothing out of the ordinary. It still is horrible, uh, bad thing. But uh, it's it's nothing unusual. We've seen worse. Yeah, <clears throat> you cumulatively and in, in, in its entirety, the Naples network is probably the lowest form of dealership. But everyone's different. And, uh, this they one, sure are. This one was just bad. He wasn't failing. And, <laughs> we and, have a uh, Negan. Uh, Negan says F, no F way. <laughs> <laughs> Negan, you're pushing the the, the boundaries of the of the uh, FCC. <clears throat> All right. Well, there you have it. What do you guys say? Well, yes, agree. Um, predatory practices. My goodness gracious, I don't know what to say. Uh, I mean, it doesn't even deserve a grade. I'm just going to drop it in the shredder. Uh, but you guys know me. I give it an F, 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 F. Yeah, they're crazy, though. I mean, now we're a year and a half after they got, they, they're doing the exact same thing. Yeah. I get, yeah. You know what? It, he's not crazy. He's probably realistic. He realizes the, the lack of enforcement, and he's, and he's been in business since 1933, and it took him almost 100 years to get a fine. <laughs> so he figures it'll be another 100 years before they get him again. Great place, uh, a yeah. great way and to if, put it. And if you divide up the $10 million over the uh, 90 years that they've been in business, it's jump change. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, and it's certainly indicative of a deeply flawed system, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's what we're living in. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to give them a D like Stu did because, um, you know, you just want with the Napleton consistency uh, to give them an F, right. but it would be it, it would be dishonest. And unfortunately, the average level of performance by car dealers is so bad yeah. that... Uh, well, when you give somebody an F, you're saying there is nothing worse, and you know, we have seen some worse than, than this, but it's still really yeah, bad. Yeah, they, the... the, the what is the word? I mean, they violate the law. I don't. Yeah, you know, my anger is directed at the regulators. Uh, I, I'll give Ashley Moody an F. I'll give the Attorney General of the State of Florida an F because she knows what's going on and she does nothing about it because she is afraid of offending those that will contribute to her campaign to get reelected. That's about as low as you can go. So I give Ashley Moody an F. Yeah. I give Napleton Hyundai a D. 
perfect. Yeah. I'll tell you what, with these kinds of uh, mystery shopping reports from Napleton, I'm going to refer to George Carlin's list of uh, the uh, English language. I think there's 10 words. Oh, you that can't say on TV? <laughs> hmm? That you can't say on TV? Yes. Or the radio? <laughs> Or the radio, uh, but I'm going to start. I'm going to start using them in some way for uh, this uh, person, and uh, that's the mystery shopping report of uh, Napleton. Uh, it's a minefield. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a mystery shop of Napleton, North Palm. So, North Palm Hyundai. Anyway, folks, we had a good time. We're glad to be back. We thank you. Uh, for being so dedicated and uh, feel better Rick feel better we appreciate you Rick uh, Rick is such a special person and he adds so much to the show and uh, we're just happy to be back and have such a platform here uh, that is uh, so significant uh, Stu Stewart Earl Stewart Nancy Stewart and without Jonathan I'll tell you what he is uh, he he he's he's got the sign language going. He's got the uh, he's got everything going, and we can understand what he's doing back over there in the corner without him really saying anything. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again. You are an important part of the show. Have a beautiful, wonderful, blessed, happy, happy Labor Day weekend.